0: the While You Are Single podcast. O.J. Tokes' new, revised, and updated book, While You Are Single, A Guide to Finding and Keeping the Right Mate for Your Life, is now available. For more details about the book, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. Meanwhile, enjoy the podcast. Here is O.J. Tokes.
1: Heavenly Father God, we just thank you for another opportunity to hear from you tonight. We ask that you open our hearts to heed your word, open our ears to hear your words, open our minds to understand your words, open our eyes to perceive your word, Father God. And I pray that not only do we hear from you, Father God, but we'll understand what we're hearing and we'll put it to practice, Father God. We come against any spiritual force that will try to hold back, inhibit, or prevent anyone from receiving all that you have for them tonight, Father God. We thank you, Lord, for giving us the wisdom to apply your word to our lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, Amen. 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 For the benefit of those that haven't figured it out yet, the gift in question is the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're talking about tonight. Now, some of you might be here tonight and you might be like, wait a minute, folks. This is why you were single. I just want to get married, man. I, I just want to get married. I'm not here to hear about no Holy Spirit. You know, I just I just want to get married, man. Give me like three tips. Tell me how to date, you know. Tell me who to hook up with, what I I should look for, how I need to conduct myself. And if what I said resonated with you in any way, what I just said right now. And you're like, how did he know I was thinking that? Guess who called you out? Guess who wrote your mail? The Holy Spirit. Okay. Now, let me preface my discussion with this. Some of you may be familiar with the story of how... God brought Rebekah to Isaac. It's in Genesis 24. Okay, Abraham tells his servant to find a wife for his son. We know that Abraham is a man of God. There are scriptures that suggest that he wasn't just a man of God, he was a prophet. And I'm thinking to myself, Why is Abraham getting his servant to find a wife for Isaac? Why doesn't he just pray to God? Perhaps God was trying to reveal something to us through the fact that he asked his servant to find a wife for his son. Some scholars and some ministers have suggested that the process by which Isaac got Rebecca is symbolic of the church per se, in a sense that Abraham represents the father. Isaac represents the son of promise. The servant represents the Holy Spirit and the bride represents the church. So where God uses the Holy Spirit to fetch a church, the bride of Christ, for Christ, okay? Where do we get the idea that the servant is symbolic of the Holy Spirit? Well, the fact of the matter is, in Genesis 24, the name of the servant is not mentioned. But I believe it's in Genesis 15, I stand corrected. The servant's name is mentioned, his name is Eliezer, Eliezer. Eliezer is a combination of the Hebrew words Eli and Ezer. Eli and Ezer. Eli means God. Some of you may remember when Jesus was on the cross, when he cried out, Eli, Eli, my God, my God. Eli means God. Ezer means helper. So Eliezer is God of help. In the New Testament, one of the names of the Holy Spirit is the helper. So Eliezer is is a picture of the Holy Spirit fetching a bride for Isaac along the same lines. I want to address this because I'm trying to let everyone understand. Some of you already know this. Some of you may not know this. Some of you have an idea, but you don't have clarity about it. I want to emphasize the Holy Spirit in order to give you and let you know that God has given you a gift that will help you find your spouse if you so desire. This is the most important thing that you need to help you find your spouse. All the other stuff, I'm not saying they're irrelevant. The Holy Spirit may tell you, okay, this is a strategy for you or not. But the most important thing is you want the Holy Spirit in the process. So in order for him, to get him in the process, you need to invite him into your life and understand who he is and how he operates. That's why I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. So this is for your benefit. So if you're hearing like, oh, I want to get married, say, well, you're in the right place. I'm trying to tell you how the Holy Spirit is involved in the process and how you can get him into your life to help you along those lines. Amen? Amen. Amen. Having said that, to understand the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's good to kind of understand baptism in general. I think a lot of people, some people, have an idea that there are at least at least three kinds of baptisms. Three kinds of baptisms. And the way to differentiate one baptism from the other is to look at the characteristics of baptisms. Every baptism basically has three characteristics. They are a baptizer, a candidate, and an element. A baptizer... A candidate, and an element. As I share these things, I'm going to be sharing a lot of scriptures. If I go through each scripture on, by detail, we're going to be here a long time. So I'm going to be sharing a few scriptures. I encourage you to write them down so that you can go home and study for yourself because it's your personal study that makes a difference in your life. So three characteristics of each baptism. There's a baptizer, there's a candidate, and there's an element. The baptizer is the person doing the baptizing. The candidate is the person that is being baptized and the element is the thing or the entity into which the candidate is baptized. The first kind of baptism we're going to talk about tonight is called the baptism of repentance. The baptism of repentance, also known as the baptism of John. Okay, so if anybody ever hears the baptism of John, automatically you think baptism of repentance. You hear the baptism of repentance, automatically you think baptism of John. In the baptism of repentance, the baptizer is the Holy Spirit. The candidate is a sinner. The element is the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. We are baptized by one spirit into one body. Okay? The baptism of repentance simply is getting saved. Okay? Simply put, when you receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, obviously you repent from your past and receive Christ into your life. You have undergone the baptism of repentance. It simply means receiving Jesus. It simply means believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. It simply means the salvation process. That is the baptism of repentance. Okay? The second kind of baptism is water baptism. Water baptism. Everybody pretty much knows what water baptism is. In this case, the baptizer is a minister, a pastor, or someone ordained to carry out that process. The candidate is a believer, not a sinner. It's a believer. The prerequisite To undergo both water baptism and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the baptism of repentance. In other words, you should be saved before you get water baptized. Water baptism does not save you, water baptism tells people that you are already saved. Water baptism is a public display of an inward conviction. Some say that the reason why you get dunked into the water is kind of like a picture of your death and burial, and when they bring you up, your resurrection. Okay, now obviously, people do water baptism different ways, but water baptism is symbolic that yes, I've received Christ into my life. Okay, water baptism baptizer is a minister, pastor, someone ordained to carry that process, a believer is the candidate. And the element is water in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And before I go into that, Matthew three eleven, John the Baptist spoke. He said, I baptize you with water. But there's someone greater than me that's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit on fire. And he was referring to Jesus Christ. OK, the third kind of baptism, our emphasis tonight, baptism of the Holy Spirit, the baptizer is Jesus. I don't know if you guys noticed something. The Holy Spirit and Jesus kind of switched positions. In the baptism of repentance, I told you that the baptizer is the Holy Spirit, and the element is the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, we are baptized by one spirit into one body. But in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the baptizer is Jesus, and the element is the Holy Spirit. The candidate, of course, is a believer, okay? So in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is the one who is baptizing you into the Holy Spirit. I don't understand all the details and all the uh, uh, intricacies of the process, but the bottom line is you are getting dumped into the Holy Spirit. OK, having said that, some of you may be familiar, perhaps even right now, you might be thinking. I've heard that there is no additional experience known as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That doesn't exist because the minute you get saved, simultaneously, you are baptized with the Holy Spirit. Simultaneously, you receive the Holy Spirit. There's nothing like baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's no extra experience known as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, let's go to the Word and find out if that's true. In Acts chapter 19, verses one 1- Six. Acts 19, 1 to 6. Paul talks, he's the writer, and I'm sorry, Luke is the writer, but it talks about Paul. He was in an area called Ephesus. And the Bible says he came across some disciples. Everybody say disciples. disciples. He saw some disciples and he asked them the question. He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you first believed? Now, the fact that he refers to them as disciples lets us know that they are saved. Mm -hmm. It lets us know that they are believers. Now, in case we missed that detail, the fact that Paul asked them the question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you first believed, lets us know that they are believers. Double emphasis. These are believers. In case you missed the part that these are disciples, the fact that Paul says or acknowledges that they believed in something, lets us know that these are believers. They were saved. They've already received Jesus. He asked them the question, he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Even that question in itself lets us know that receiving the Holy Spirit when you become a believer doesn't always happen simultaneously. Because why would Paul even be asking that question? That will not sound smart. What do you mean? If that was automatic, once you become a believer, Paul should not even be asking that question. Nevertheless, he asked and they said, they have not even heard of the Holy Spirit. These were believers. These were disciples. They said, we have not even heard of the Holy Spirit. Then Paul asked them, he said, then what baptism did you receive? Again, reinforcing the fact that they are both them all kinds of baptism. And they said, the baptism of John. And Paul, I believe, is in Acts 19, verse 4, says, Yes, John did indeed baptize with the baptism of repentance, saying, believe in, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, letting us know what the baptism of repentance is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why they were disciples, that's why they were believers, because they've already undergone the baptism of repentance, which simply means they've received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Then, in verse 5, he, the Bible says that in Acts nineteen five that he baptized them in the name of Jesus. Then in verse 6, it says that he laid his hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit, began to speak in tongues, and they began to prophesy. Now, check this out. Not only were this guys not baptizing the Holy Spirit, they were not baptizing water either.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you were informed, inspired, and impacted. If you'd like to learn more about O.J. Tokes, his books, blog, music, and his monthly ministry for singles, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. That is whileyouaresingle.org. If you've been blessed by the podcast, we encourage you to please share with your friends. Until next week's podcast, take care and stay blessed.